Episode 23 Cars poured into the giant parking lot at the Van Nuys Carlsmart. Personnel on fluorescent vests directed vehicles along circuitous routes. One by one, the pilgrims emerged. Many stooped and picked their way through the light rain on walkers. Others pushed shopping carts or towed wagons full of offerings for Molly. Sounds of weeping pierced the air like birdsong. In front of the store, Molly sat on a dais, wearing a white fur coat and hat and clutching Carl in her white mittens. The thirty-foot Christmas tree loomed up behind her. As always, Santa was banished from the proceedings as a competing brand. He represented getting, not giving. And as for Jesus, well... The master of ceremonies, Dudley Moore, looked a trifle dyspeptic, but no matter. No one would even remember he was there. The crowd pressed against the red velvet ropes around the dais. The small contingent of security guards linked arms with bewildered employees to form a makeshift barrier. Cameras flashed. Ladies and gentlemen, Dudley began. Fellow givers, he added quickly. Though we are gathered this afternoon at what is undeniably a commercial venue, I would like to take this moment to reflect upon the vast number of non-material gifts that we all... Molly! a man cried out. My mother is dying. Look, here she is, in this wheelchair. She wants to hold you just for a minute. Molly, I've come all the way from Colorado. I cheated on my husband. He yells at me, and I was just looking for solace. But now I feel terrible. What should I buy him to tell him I'm sorry? That we all share. By giving to others what we are really saying, in our own humble way, is, Molly, will you come to my son's birthday party? Molly, I love you. Did you get the placemats I sent you, Molly? Reluctantly, Moore stuck the mic in Molly's face. She knew exactly what to do with it. Merry Christmas, she said with the perfect little lisp on her R's. The tree lights came on. The crowd erupted in a tremendous cheer. Then, as if programmed to do so, and they were, the thousands surged forward. One of the guards stumbled and barely recovered. The crowd paused, regrouped, and surged again, its movements accompanied by a strange low roar. Molly, Jackie suddenly realized, could be in danger. Jackie lunged and snatched her off her little throne. She grabbed the mic from Moore, who was still trying to deliver his speech on the true meaning of Christmas. "'Ladies and gentlemen,' Jackie shouted, "'thank you so much for coming today. Molly thanks you, and she loves each and every one of you. But now she's tired. Sometimes giving and receiving all this love makes her tired. We have to go now, so Molly can rest up and keep doing her good work for all of us. If you'll leave your gifts in the designated area with your name and address on them, We'll be sure to send in all the thank-you coupons. Thank you again, and God bless you. Jackie signaled to the driver to start the limo, parked right behind the tree. But they were too late. The surge hit the dais and swept everybody off. As the roar rose to a deafening level, the crowd engulfed Jackie and Molly together. Waves of affection tossed them left and right. Jackie couldn't see above the desperate faces all bearing down on the struggling bundle in her arms. Someone yanked Molly's coat off. Someone else took her hat. The dais gave way with a crash. The tree swayed. Jackie sank onto the wet pavement and covered Molly with her body, praying she would not crush her as hands began pulling at her clothing and her hair, trying to get at her daughter. Molly screamed. Jackie felt around for Carl. He was missing. "'Help!' Jackie shouted. A shot rang out. The crowd parted. "'It's Kyle,' Jackie thought. "'Kyle's here.' She raised her head. Dudley Moore stood atop a stepladder, aiming a sig-sour pistol at the sky. "'Disperse!' he shouted, "'or I will kill all of you!' Shakily, Jackie stood and gathered Molly up. She found Carl under the drape that had covered the dais and snatched him up, too. "'Thank you,' she called to Dudley. "'Go,' he shouted. "'I'll hold them off.' The world was filled with unlikely heroes, Jackie thought. Covering Molly with her coat, she hurried to the safety of the car. It was incredible, Jackie thought, the need people carried inside them. 
Many of these givers had already found the Lord. On the way in, Jackie had noted all the minivans with Jesus' fish on their rear hatches. But Jesus hadn't healed these people. It was possible he never intended to. Was the wound itself somehow holy? Givers pressed their faces to the car windows. Jackie wrapped Molly in her coat, shielding her from the longing, hurt expressions aimed at her. Jackie nodded at the faces, trying in her own expression to convey understanding, but also that they had to back off or else. Another shot rang out, followed by Dudley's cry of, Disperse! The car lurched forward and the givers slipped off the vehicle. Prints of their hands and faces clouded the windows. Molly's boots had been pulled off and her tights were torn. There were scratches on her legs. Sobbing, Jackie dabbed the scratches with a sanitary wipe from her purse. The stinging ought to have made Molly scream, but she seemed not to notice. Molly whispered, "'You're okay,' to Carl. Perhaps it was better to have a savior who was always on his way, but never, not yet, here. If he came in the flesh, Jackie thought his people might tear him limb from limb. "'Molly, I'm so sorry,' said Jackie. "'This is all a mistake. You don't have to do this. It's too much. I don't know what's wrong with these people.' Molly's blue eyes held the calm forgiveness that Jackie so admired, though she herself could never muster it. "'They're sad,' Molly said. "'You don't have to fix them, Molly.' Jackie tried to remember the last time she'd had such a non-commercial conversation with the child. "'Yes, I do,' Molly said. The limo arrived at the Majeski's home. What a strange place it had become, especially at night. It looked hunkered down. No lights appeared to be on inside, but that could have been because all the windows were blocked by the floor-to-ceiling piles of Molly's gifts. Kyle's van sat in the driveway, its aquarium glow enhanced by the streetlight. A dozen or so givers stood on the front lawn, awaiting Molly's return, as usual. They had picked the leaves off the poor maple sapling Kyle had been trying to grow for years. They scooped up clods of dirt for relics. In the past, none of that would have bothered Jackie. She would have allowed them to gather around and even touch Molly. Now she stayed in the car while the driver shooed them away. She had him walk her and Molly to the front door. In the morning, she hired a team of professional bodyguards, who went by the collective name The Wall of Men. Kyle barely noticed when Jackie hurried past him, murmuring, "'You're so brave,' to Molly, over and over. He lay on the couch watching the weird frontier. The show was on every night now, from dusk to dawn. Topper Moss looked exhausted as he watched a young woman, who claimed to be the daughter of Alice and Stevie, attempt to contact Bigfoot telepathically. 